Today on Moody Presents with Mark Job. When you love God, people shouldn't be forcing you to try to live for God because when you love God, you want to live for God. You want more of Him. You want to please Him, follow Him, worship Him, get into the Word. Why? Because you love God. Welcome to Moody Presents with Pastor Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger asking, when you were a kid, did you ever get into a a petty argument with a friend? Sure you did. And that argument almost certainly ended up with the statement, oh yeah, well prove it. (laughs) Well, whether your dad really could have beat up my dad, I'll venture to say there was no evidence, no trial, and no verdict. Well, here we are finishing up our contrast series in 1 John. And I'm guessing you and I have come to a point where we might just need to have an, oh yeah, prove it moment. You see, if we're living in contrast to the world and living a life pleasing to Jesus Christ, well, then our thoughts and actions really should reflect that characteristic, wouldn't you think? As Pastor Mark is about to show us, there are a lot of people out there who say they're Christians, but in reality, they're not. Maybe they were baptized as a baby. Maybe somewhere on a document it says they're Protestant or Catholic. Maybe they were born into a Christian family. But you know, none of these things makes you a Christian. We're going to talk about that today and get you thinking about your own life, checking to see if you really are a true believer. Because if you are, there's going to be evidence to prove it. John points to that evidence in 1 John chapter 5. So let's get started right now with today's study. Here's Pastor Mark. It seems like people in John's day were asking this question, well, how do I know who's truly a follower of God and who's not? There's a lot of people that can come to church and sit in a pew. How do I know whether someone is truly born again, a follower of Jesus Christ, and if they're not, what is the evidence that, that tells me that someone is or is not? I think that sometimes uh, Christians get a bad rap because there's a lot of people that claim to be Christians that aren't really Christians. Uh, Just because you were born into a family and baptized when you were a baby or because you went to Sunday school somewhere as a child, that doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you were born into a Christian family doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you're... Facebook status says Christian doesn't make you a Christian. Uh, Just because you go to a hospital and they say, well, what religion are you? As you're filling out the forms, you say Christian. That doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you have a Bible next to your bed at night or a crucifix hanging on your wall, that doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you have a tattoo of a cross on your shoulder, that doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you consider yourself to be a, follow a brand of religion within Christianity doesn't make you a Christian. You can come here and say, well, I'm Catholic, or I'm Baptist, or I'm Assembly of God, well, I'm Methodist, I'm Presbyterian, I'm Lutheran. Those things don't make you a Christian. And so I think in John's day, people were asking, well, how do I know Who's really a Christian and who's not a Christian? And so I've entitled this message Spiritual Evidence because John really addresses that question of how, and I'm going to ask you to do this. 
I'm not going to ask you to try to judge anybody else because it's real easy to try to try to think of your husband or your neighbor or your aunt. Tell me, tell me, Pastor, I'm going to figure out if they're Christian or not. No, 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 no. This is for you to figure out your life. So this is for you to test yourself, not someone else right now. But it also helps give you a spiritual discernment. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. This is love for God, to obey his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only who he believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one that came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is this Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. So John is answering this question of, hey, how do we know for sure that we're believers? And so he's telling us that you have to look at the evidence of your life to really see if you are an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to pick it up here and I'm going to give you the first evidence that John talks about. He talks about the evidence of love and obedience. Uh, notice what he says in verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone, so the, the first thing that has to happen is that you cannot be a Christian unless, first of all, that you believe that Jesus, the son of Joseph and Mary, virgin birth, that Jesus is actually the Christ. Well, you, thought, you say, well, I thought Christ was his middle name. No, no, no. Christ means Messiah or Savior. So in order to be a Christian, you have to first of all believe that Jesus is the Savior, the Messiah, the one who came with a purpose to save us. You cannot be a Christian and deny Christ. You can't say, well, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm, I'm a Christian. I just don't believe in Jesus. No, no, no. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as a Christian who doesn't believe that Jesus is the Christ. If you believe in, if you're a Christian, you have to believe that Jesus is the Christ. You have to believe that he is the Savior, that he came, that he is the way to God, that there is no alternative way to God because if there were alternative ways of God, Jesus would not have to come. So everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior, the Messiah, is born of God. And how many of you have heard the term born again? Before, you heard that term born again? How many of you have said, I have no idea what it means. I hear it thrown around. You know, companies are born again. People are born again. So, so what exactly does it mean really in the Christian realm? Jesus is the one that invented that term, being born again. And it's found in John chapter 3. He's talking to Nicodemus. He's talking to a religious man that thought he was right with God because he was religious and went to church, the synagogue. And Jesus says to him, Unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says, I don't know what that means. 
I mean, I was born once. And Jesus said, whatever is born of the flesh is flesh. Whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. The first time you were born was when you were born physically as this little naked baby that came out screaming. They slapped you, cut the umbilical cord, and named you something. You may not like the name they gave you, but hey, you're stuck. So use your middle name. And, and so you're this little baby. That was your first birth. Somewhere down the road, if you're going to be into the kingdom of God and be a child of God, you have to have a second birth. The first birth is physical. The second birth is spiritual. You can, if you only have one birth, your physical birth, you are not a child of God and you're not entering the kingdom of God. You have to have somewhere down the road a second birth, and that's why it's called being born again. The second birth could happen at 15, could happen at 12, could happen at 45, could happen at 85. But it means that you come to a point in life where you realize that you cannot save yourself, that you need a savior, that you acknowledge that your life doesn't belong to you and you come to the end of yourself and invite Jesus to be your Lord, your savior, your cleanser, the master of your life. The Holy Spirit comes inside of you and you are born a second time spiritually. Now, if you're 45, you look in the mirror, you're going to look 45 still. We don't rewind the clock. But there's something that happens spiritually inside of you. You're new spiritually, like a baby that starts walking, born again. So here's what this passage says. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the father loves the child. So if you're born of God... You love your father. The way that you love your father, who gives you a love for the father, is that the Holy Spirit, when you're born again, you start loving the things of God. You start loving the father. And here's what he says. Whoever loves the father loves his child as well. Who's the child of the father? Who's the son of God? Jesus. You love the father. You love the son. Listen. This is how we know that we love the children of God. John's big theme throughout 1 John is that if you are a Christian, you are going to love the people of God and you're going to obey the commands of God. That's not what makes you a Christian. That is the evidence of being a Christian. Are you tracking with me? You don't become a Christian by loving people and following commands. No one becomes a Christian that way. That would be a work salvation. You cannot work your way into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God and eternal life is a gift that's given to us by grace through faith. But if you are truly a Christian, you're going to love God. And you're going to love the people of God. And you're going to obey God. And that's what John tells us. He says, this is how we know that we love the children of God. Have you ever wondered sometimes when we talk about love, we'll love your neighbor, and, and you wonder, well, how do I know if I love my neighbor or not? So if you go by the Hollywood definition, if you feel sort of warm, uh, fuzzy feelings, you would say, I'm feeling like I love people. 
And if you feel nothing, you're, you're saying, I don't think I love them. God's definition of love is different than the Hollywood definition of love. That's why when you marry someone, you shouldn't marry someone based on feelings. I talked to a couple, why do you want to marry? I just love her. Okay, let, tell me what you mean. Well, I just feel love. Well, that's a bad reason because here's what's going to happen. In two years, you're going to come to me and say, I don't feel anything. So now I can get rid of her, right? Because I don't feel love. Love is more than a feeling. Love is much more than a feeling. Much more than a feeling. I'm so glad it's much more than a feeling. Because when the Bible says that God loves us, I don't want God to wake up one day grouchy and thinking, I'm going to wipe out the world because I don't feel real good today. No, no, no. God is committed to our good feelings accompany love. But love is much deeper than a feeling. Thank you, Pastor Mark. And I promise it's just going to be a quick pause here and we're going to get right back to our message. But I'd like to remind you as we examine our own hearts at the crux of this very critical message, there is help and hope for you. Where? Well, we invite you to visit our website, moodypresents.org and choose the resources tab. Our resource page for November focuses on roots of our faith. Now, how does that connect with you? Well, you'll find all sorts of videos and books, articles, and more to encourage you and keep you steadfast in the grace of the gospel. Go to moodypresents.org and choose resources. Now back to Pastor Mark. And so here's what John says. You want to know if you love others? Here's how you know whether you love others. Notice. This is how we know that we love the children of God. There's two things. How do I know if I love the people of God and the children of God? Two things. By loving God and carrying out His commands. You say, well, what does that have to do with loving others? Well, here's what happens. When you love God, you will love the people of God. When you love God, you will start obeying the commands of God and the commands of God are full of how to treat other people, the one another's. So I'm not asking you, do you feel a bunch of warm, fuzzy feelings for the people around you? I'm asking you, do you love God? How do I know I love God? Because he's the center of my life. He's the priority. My life revolves around him. He's my master. He's my Lord. And I start obeying his commands. I start living the way he wants me to. Listen, you can't say I love God and live your life your own way because really that's a farce. It's like telling your wife, honey, I love you, I love you, I love you, and then going and having cheating on her and having affairs and, and getting involved with other women. And you come back, hey, but, but babe, I love you. And she's going to say, no, you don't. You say it, but it's not real. And here's the thing. We know that we love others when you love God God's going to fill you with a love for others. And when you love God, you're going to try to walk the ways of God and obey God. Why? Because you love Him. It all revolves around loving God. And this is what John tells us. John says, hey, the way that you know you're believers, you love, you, you, you love other people by loving God and carrying out His commands. And this is love for God. You want to know how much you love God? You say, Pastor, I wish I had a thermostat that told me how much I love God. I can tell you today 
how to figure out how much you love God. You want to hear it? Here's what it says. This is love for God to obey his commands. If you're not obeying God and your life doesn't show that you're following and obeying his ways, then you really don't love God that much. You say, well, no, pastor. See, I come in the worship time and when the music's going and people are raising their hands, I just really get into it. Jesus, I love you, and I love you, God, and I just feel like I love him so much. But then you go out, and you sleep with your boyfriend, you go get high, you get a little clubbing, a little dancing, cheat, lie, and this, but you say, I really love God. No, you don't. You love a feeling that you get around the things of God, but you really don't love God, because if you loved God, you would obey his commands. Oh, I need to say that again. I need to say that again. Some guy comes to me and says, I love my wife. I love her, Pastor. I mean, we've been married for 20 years. I love that woman. But, you know, I found this other girl. You know, she's 15 years younger. We got this thing going on. And I'm, I'm just, you know... I'm, I'm, I don't want to support my wife financially anymore. I want to move in with this girl. I want to leave her. I want to divorce her. But I love her. No, you don't. You don't love her. Stop saying you love her. Because if you loved her, you'd be committed to her. Walk with her. Be faithful to her. You would show it by your actions. Don't tell me you love them and not follow through. Listen, you say, I love my kids. Listen. A lot of parents do, but, but, but if you say you love your kids, but you spend no time, you don't support them, you're not involved in your life, you don't take energy to do anything for them, you love the feeling of having kids, but you don't love your kids. So let's make it clear here. Do you really love your kids or do you love the feeling of having kids? Because there's a difference there. And so what God is saying is you want to see how much people love me, they will show it by how much they obey me that's how we measure how much people love God is by obedience it doesn't mean we're perfect but it means that you're obeying the commands you and, and if I want to obey God how do I know what how to follow God how do I know the Bible the Word of God so if I love God I'm gonna love his word I'm gonna study his word because I want to know what he says. I want him to speak to me because I want to follow him. And so people that love God love the word of God. People that love God try to bend their life to match up with God's standards. People that love God are serious about how they walk, not just on Sunday, but Monday through uh, Saturday as well. People that love God care about how they live and care about how they talk and care about how they walk. Why? Because they love God and they want to please God. And so they're looking at how they live their life because they love God. I once in a while run into people and they say, Pastor, I want to follow God. But man, is, is it hard? Whoa. Man, there's a lot of stuff that I can't do. You know, I can't swear like I used to. I can't cheat like I used to. I can't party like I used to. I can't, 
you know, I, 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 you know, I have to be patient with my wife. I got to forgive people. I can't fly off the handle. I mean, all these rules. I got to try to go to church. I got to try to tie. I mean, whoa, I don't think I'm ready for that. It's too much. Then I'm going to tell you something. You got it all wrong. Jesus said his commands are not burdensome. Let me tell you why. Because when you love someone, you naturally do the things you're supposed to do, not because there's a rule book that you're following, but because you love them. If you love them, you want to spend time. If you come to me and say, Pastor, if I'm a Christian, do I have to come to church every Sunday? Like, seriously? No, no, no. You shouldn't be asking that question. You should be saying, man, I love God. I want to be with the people of God. I want to worship. I'm hungry for the word. I enjoy it. Pastor, do I have to show up when they're like singing songs? Do I have to show up early? Can I just come for the teaching? No, no. If you love God, you want to worship God. It's like, well, I've dealt with, I've married probably hundreds of couples since I've been a pastor for a long time. Most newlywed couples that are googie-eyed for one another, I don't have to say now. You got to spend time together. You know, you, you got to tell each other nice things. You got to hang out. You got to have fun together. Hey, you got to have sex together. Remember that. Don't forget it. Put it in your calendar. I've never had to tell a newlywed couple, hey, have sex together. Put it in your calendar just in case you forget. <laughs> I've never had a newlywed young guy say, oh, man, do I really have to? I mean, I love her, but do I have to, you know... All right, I guess I will. No, no, no. You love her, you want to. Now, I've had a lot of couples where their relationship breaks down. And now they've been married 25 years and they've built up walls. It becomes burdensome. Why is it burdensome? It's become burdensome because you've let that sense of commitment and love go away. When you love someone, you naturally start doing what's right because you love them. You're not following a list of rules. You don't say, well, Pastor Matt said, you know, feed my kid, tuck him in it. When you love them, you want to spend time. You want to protect. You want to guard. You want to. When you love God, people shouldn't be forcing you to try to live for God because when you love God, you want to live for God. You want more of Him. You want to please Him, follow Him, worship Him, get into the Word. Why? Because you love God. And that's why Jesus said it's not burdensome when you really love God. It's only burdensome when you stop loving God and you love yourself more than you love God or it's a religion to you, not a relationship, then it becomes burdensome. And that's why Jesus said, my commandments are not burdensome. Jesus said all the rules and regulations that the scribes and Pharisees put were heavy in, in Matthew chapter 23 verse 4. But in Matthew chapter 11 verse 30, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Verse 4 says, For everyone that's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And here's the thing. You say, I want to live for God, but it's hard. And granted, I'm not saying that living for God in this world is not hard because you have to die to yourself. Listen, you can't truly, authentically choose to be a follower of Jesus Christ without it being painful to yourself. Because yourself is going to say, get your own way. 
yourself is going to say, I'm not going to humble myself and ask for forgiveness. Yourself does not want to do what the Spirit wants. Yourself wants to please itself. But the question is, will you live by yourself, by the flesh, or will you live by the Spirit? And if you say, well, I don't know, it seems so hard. This is what John says. For everyone that's born of God, if the Spirit of God lives inside of you and you are truly born of God, listen to me. This is huge. You overcome the world. Living in contrast to the world means checking for spiritual evidence in your life. Thanks, Pastor Mark, for a very thought-provoking message. And we're going to be back next week for final thoughts on what should mark our lives as we seek to live in contrast. Before we let you go, it's important to let you know that when you become a Moody Presents monthly partner, your generous gifts allow us to be here on this station, creating this Bible teaching program. And if you've not signed up yet to become a monthly partner, you can do so. You can join our Moody Presents team and click that Donate Now button at moodypresents.org. Moodypresents.org. Thank you for your partnership. You know, I'm sure it sounds corny, but your friendship, your support, they mean more than you know as we pursue our mission to help others take their next step with Jesus Christ. And you know, by giving at a level of $30 a month or more, you can enjoy a 50% discount from Moody Publishers. A quick reminder, that discount at 50% off, that's available as often as you like, whenever you like, as you're a monthly supporter. Go to moodypresents.org and start today moodypresents.org. Well, that'll do it for today's edition of Moody Presents. I'm John Geiger, thanking you for your encouragement and inviting you back next week for another edition of Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.